It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Go for. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are locked on the Houston Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at EricTalkStros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can they find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter, and they can find me at Stros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. All right, we have a special guest. His name is Jimmy, a.k.a. John, John Boy. Where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at John Boy underscore, nice and nice and simple, I guess. This could be issue, but I, they're going to have to figure out something. And uh, do you think that we see a full eighty-two game season, or you think that the negotiations will keep on going and going? Well, they only have this week, really, and, and uh, I was pretty confident for a while. But if that's the actual proposal, which uh, I don't know, again, I don't really trust anything Nightingale says uh, at face value, but look into it because. No, that makes – I was confident an hour ago, and if that is the what the owners and MLB are asking, that's just another non-starter. Um, and I think the MLB knows that, and they're just trying to do this bullshit to make the players – sorry if I can't swear. They're just trying to do this nonsense to make the players look bad in the public eye. It's really bad, man. The, the public doesn't care about this. They just need to get it together and, and figure something out. See, that's the thing, Mike. My whole my whole thing here is is not necessarily obviously yes we want baseball obviously we want to see our players our teams going against each other um, no we don't want it at the expense of costing lives but at the same time to me I feel like this has really been fumbled I I think on top of all the negative press that MLB received and how a lot of people felt that Manfred. Um, dealt with either the Astros or the Red Sox, whether people felt like what he handed down was fair or unfair. There are a lot of people that have been upset at Major League Baseball for quite some time when it comes to like games, having access to content, things like that. And to me, I told Eric the other day, it just seems to me like MLB's really missed an opportunity to not only win over fans, but to make good with the players, show good faith, from the owners to the players, and then on top of that, opening things up, getting the season underway, doing it safely. Hell, if the KBO can do it, why can't we? And imagine how much your fanship and your viewership will grow if you allow this almost unlimited access to their to their content. I mean, because clearly, John, I think if they don't have a season and then you go into another year where, where they're going to be looking at possibly um, – not having an agreement between the players and the owners. I mean, you want to talk about irreparable damage. I mean, that that's me will be having to bring back Sosa and McGuire home run chase all over again, just to save the game. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. And I thought that we got to a point where, you know, both sides are realizing this. If, if they do this and, and, you know, free agencies spending is going to be down next year. And you can't really fault them for that because they are taking a big hit in money and they're going to need to balance out their books somehow. And, you know, maybe only the 
two teams that go to the World Series and earn money that way are going to like be able to spend it and, and maybe break even. So I understand that next year, you know, they're going to have less to spend in free agency, which is bad for the sport. But then you have the CBA coming up. And if it goes from this to that to that, it's just it gets so the downward spiral gets so bad. And uh, yeah, I hope that they realize that. I think, you know, a lot, a lot enough people are screaming it now that hopefully they realize how bad this can be special you know value of franchise and and the game moving forward it's brutal if they don't come to an agreement all right i mean i'm 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 sure you know yeah just real quick i'm sure rob manford's gonna listen to this and heed our warning i'm sure yeah hey he watched the breakdown about you guys cheating and that moved it forward i know that to be a fact (laughs) (laughs) so i since you brought that up uh, I, I was kind of going to bring that up. Um, so le- kind of um, walk us through your thought process. Once you saw that original article from uh, The Athletic where Mike Fires kind of um, revealed it, how did you go directly to the video and what were you trying to prove at that time? Oh, I, I mean, you know, that's just what kind of I do with those videos is just match video to audio and give people another another. Uh, like sense you know you hear it now you can see it and all that um you know i didn't know it was going to be that big or anything because the article kind of said it but you can find farquhar he only he only went to houston twice that season so it's pretty easy to dig up and i wasn't the first person to actually dig up the footage i was talked about in the article I i just did what i do and you know we have an audience that existed beforehand that was you know ready to watch and share and all that so i just went and found it and it was more just like you know jaw dropping like whoa oh this is so blatant and the trash cans are so loud uh it was nuts and i mean i recorded that in like 30 40 minutes after reading the article and just published it and i didn't realize uh you know it was going to be as crazy as it was and then it kind of makes sense that it was and um you know i i've been talking to people in baseball so like those rumors have been out there forever um so it was more like you know just a jaw drop like oh finally some concrete to go with all the rumors we've been hearing for so long see see i heard from a friend of mine who is actually he actually grew up in oakland and um i don't know if he knows people directly tied with the organization but he said his theory is that because oakland a's had quote-unquote reported something to major league baseball about being suspicious about something in relation to this that and when they did that major league baseball kind of turned a blind eye to it that's where i think someone in the oakland organization encouraged fires to come out of course now fires is the most hated man in houston obviously well fire Uh, fires had fires had come out way before fires did that interview months before it came out you know uh, like he it's like he did that interview and and then uh, from what from what i've heard and and well from what i've been told by people that know it um they had that interview for a long time and they were just still corroborating, getting more and getting more and getting more. That's why that's why when Rosenthal asked Altuve about his shirt in 2019, like Rosenthal had this article written ready, you know, uh, it was in his head. So that, that's why it's just a really funny wrinkle to it all. Um, but Fi- Fires was more surprised that, you know, he wasn't didn't give the interview one day. And then three days later, the article comes out like he was like, OK, when are they going to use this? When is, are they ever going to use this? You know, they're banging on the wall. Like, are you going to publish that? You know, that type of thing. And it had been out there for a while. I don't know how long, but it wasn't, you know, like 
the 19 season concluded, and then that article goes out. And see, honestly, I don't know about you, Eric, but I, I didn't know that. Now, maybe I didn't look into it because just the whole whole situation just made me sick to my stomach. Hated it, you know. Um, but so, so question: Do you, do you still get a a ton of like hate and bad stuff thrown at you from Astros fans? Um, do you? Or has it, you know what I'm saying, has it kind of cooled off or do they still point at you? And I'm assuming you probably don't like go back out or anything like that. I know in the beginning there was a lot of pointed stuff. And I know that's why I brought you on the first time when I interviewed you because it was fresh on everybody's mind. Um, what What's that been like? Have, have you been able to navigate that lately? When I think about protein bars, I typically don't have a good image in my head, but let me tell you something. Built Bar is a game changer. That's right. Built Bar came along when I had tried pretty much every protein bar on the shelf. And not only is this a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. Why? Because it's covered in 100% chocolate. It's soft and easy to chew. It is amazing. Not only is it healthy, but it also gives you energy. It is a delicious treat that I am able to experience pre, post, or even mid-workout sometimes if I need to. My favorite flavor is banana nut bread. It tastes like real banana nut bread. I'm not even lying here. It's low calories, it's high in protein, low in sugar, and low in net carbs. So if you want to know how this tastes, go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This podcast is sponsored by the audiobook edition of 24. Life Stories and Lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In this reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares the inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. Widely regarded as one of the greatest all-around players in baseball history, the beloved Willie Mays offers people of all ages his lifetime of experiences, meeting challenges with positivity, integrity, and triumph. This special audiobook includes a forward read by Bob Costas and his bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author, John Shea. Whether you miss seeing your favorite players on the field this season or you are looking for the perfect Father's Day gift, 24 is an inspirational story of one of sports fans' favorite living legends. Buy the audiobook edition of 24 now wherever audiobooks are sold. Uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like it was, it was so bad back then that you know i could probably pull up the exact number of accounts i have muted on twitter and that w- I, I would guarantee you 99 percent of them are astros fans or from houston or whatever and you know i took pride for a while in not muting anyone not blocking anyone and I, I still don't really think i have anyone blocked maybe a handful but uh yeah it got to a point where it was like you know constant death threats and and just just a, a mischaracterization of me and what uh, transpired and and all that and you know um i don't know it was just too much like it's like i why would i open my phone to just see this nonstop? so there may still be responses i know there was like people that responded to every single tweet of mine um bringing it back up telling me it's all i talk about when i haven't talked about it at all uh so i mean if there's still stuff it's muted and and there is a contingent where if i if i screw something up if i say something that i shouldn't say there will be um someone in in 
Astros Twitter world that will will share and say, look at this idiot again, and then I'll get a bombardment. So, like, you know, I know they're waiting for me, and that's fine. <laughs> I'll just stay on my toes a little bit. But I don't know. It hasn't been that bad, I, 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 okay. I think. Um, or, or, or I'm just getting better at, at ignoring it. So what about the uh, Red Sox scandal? I know that a lot of people didn't think that they got punished enough. Or uh, what are your thoughts about the whole Red Sox scandal? Yeah, I think it was kind of exactly what I thought it was. Uh, you know, with the runner on second base, they were they were. Everyone does what they did. I mean, the Yankees did it in 2015. It wasn't even against the rules. It's kind of silly because you know you can bring an iPad home on your couch and study the catcher sequences, which is what they're videographer guy did you know or the video replay guy he would study the catcher sequences and then when they had a runner on second base try to give them to him and then he gives them to the batter and they made it illegal after 2015 or something like that once they put the replay rooms in the clubhouse and so what they got in trouble for was the replay guy would realize like oh shit we got the wrong signals and then would change them halfway it's still like, you know, per the report and per, you know, what happened, it only ma- it only happened with a guy on second base and they had to do the whole sequence and transcode it and all that. So, you know, the Astros had the code breaker thing. It's kind of like that, like everything, every team kind of dabbled in, 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 in that type of stuff. Uh, you know, the biggest comparison I would say is, you know, both were speeding and, and one went five miles over and got a speeding ticket and the other was going 50 miles per over and got, you know, reckless driving or, or whatever. So uh, what about the whole uh, situation that transpired this, um, this off season with the whole Garrett Cole um, saga? Um, did y'all think the whole time that he was going to sign with the Yankees or did you think that he was going to go with the angels or a mystery team? I thought he was going to go to the angels. I thought he was going to go on the West coast. And I didn't know if the Yankees were actually going to shell out money because they had it for a while. They hadn't shelled out money like you expect to, like, you know, people always say the Yankees do. They, they hadn't got a big free agent in so long. So as it kept going, uh, I got more and more like, we were like, just get him, just go get him. Like he's there, go get him. But I, I wanted to ask you guys, what, what did you feel about his post game when they asked the media asked him to talk and he, his response was, I don't work here anymore. I'm not an employee anymore. And he, and he took off the Astros stuff and put the Boris hat. What what does the Astros community feel about that or think that represented or meant? Well, I believe that initially the reaction was a knee-jerk reaction. It pissed everybody off. It was like, what? Um, I guess about two months before that, he had signed autographs at a local sports memorabilia show at the, at the mall that's about five minutes from our house. And I remember telling him when, when my son and I got his autograph that I would start a GoFundMe account just to keep him in Houston, that we absolutely love him and we'd hate to see him go. And, you know, he appreciated probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So for me, maybe I had Garrett Cole colored glasses. It didn't bother me as much. I don't really recall him wearing Astros hats after the game. I, don't, I mean, I think people, I think people were so upset about it obviously because of the loss the way we lost how Garrett Cole was waiting in the bullpen and 
I think Garrett Cole was notifiably pissed off at the time. I think he was, I mean, wouldn't you be if you were the ultimate competitor like him, just coming off the most amazing season you've ever had of your career? You're you're waiting the wings of the bullpen and Will Harris goes in and gives up a tater to Howie Kendrick, and yet you're there waiting. And so he was I think a lot of that was natural raw emotion. Um, I don't I don't fault him for that. I think it's easy for me or even any of us that aren't in, on the diamond or aren't in the bullpen or aren't wearing the uniform to nitpick and just go back back crap crazy over it, right? But it I think it bothered me for the first day or so. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, dude, it is what it is. Like he knows, like he's basically telling the Astros, pony up. Like I'll play here, pony up. But Eric, what do you think? I mean, didn't you see a lot of vitriol towards Cole for a, a, at least the first 48 hours after that? Yeah, and uh, uh, his wife even had to come on uh, Twitter and kind of defend it and say, well, he never wears Astros hats after games and stuff like that. But uh, somebody who's done the podcast for a year uh, and I've done Talking Strohs for five years before that, uh, I could tell that uh, the after they got Zach Greinke, I knew that he was pretty much gone. He was just a rental. They couldn't uh, go out and compete with the Yankees or the Angels, the other teams out there that could throw a lot of money at him. So I wasn't as shocked. Um, I think that everybody just thought that he was just mad that he didn't get into the game, but apparently that wasn't the case at all. But I think uh, people moved on from that pretty quickly. It wasn't an issue like uh, two weeks later. Uh, it's a really good point you put out there that, like, you know, guys don't leave the clubhouse in the game down in there representing the team. So they just put on whatever they came in and their street gear. So if that's the hat he showed up in, that kind of negates the whole thing. Uh, I never followed it that closely, but that's like a really good call. Same thing with Judge playing New York, New York after uh, leaving Fenway in 2018. Judge plays New York, New York when he leaves the clubhouse after every single game. But they blew it up. So I guess that's kind of very similar here. I, I thought I thought it was more that he immediately said, I'm not an employee any here anymore. And I think that was that was anger directed at the Astros for not using him in that game. I can't yeah. believe they didn't use him. I didn't think it was anything. I don't think it has anything to do with the, the culture or the cheating or, you know, past or anything like that. I just think he was pissed at, at the Astros for not using him. No, yeah, definitely. You know, and um I don't know if you caught this, but Jim Crane on the local interview um, said, uh, I think he called him Derek Cole. <laughs> and so there were so there were things like that. Now, I, I've heard and I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but I have heard that the Astros did offer him a pretty sizable salary, pretty competitive to what he got in New York. But once we started finding out the backstory, you know, what was interesting was. A lot of Astros fans that I know were actually like when he held up the sign from his childhood that he kept and things like that. They were like, you know, we hate it. It sucks for us. But, you know, sometimes like if you're in that situation and that's kind of been your dream your whole life, I'm like, dude, more power to you. You'll be successful. I know there's a lot of people that wish him well. I know there's a lot of people that um, got to interact with him and his wife. They did a lot of charity stuff for feeding kids here in Houston. And it just sucks that he had to not stay. Um, it, and I mean, honestly, it sucks that he had to go to the Yankees. It's like, dang it. Come on, man. Like a- anywhere but the Yankees. And I think that's also 
where some people, if they say they don't like Garrett Cole, I think it's like, oh, because he's a Yankee now. And and so because the Yankees and the Astros have been in so many key games in the playoffs and things like that lately and the battle's been heated, especially now with all the all the all the backstory. Um, I dude, I was looking forward to the first time Garrett Cole faced the Astros this year. I don't know about you. I was so ready for it. And I was ready for the Yankees to be hundred percent healthy. The Astros to be hundred percent healthy because I don't want us to go at each other when we're injured. I want us to go at each other when everybody's ready, everybody's in uniform and let's just go balls to the wall and, you know, best team wins. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I mean, I, I agree. And, and, you know, like we said earlier, you don't want people to be injured. You want to beat pe- teams at their best and that stuff. And, Cole's pretty good. I can't believe they didn't use him. We we did a whole series where we rewatched uh, bits and pieces of every World Series from 1972 all the way up to 2019. So we rewatched Game Seven uh, recently on the YouTube channel, and I was just like, I can't believe it. I can't, you know, best pitcher. Who cares if he not a reliever? And Will Harris was one of the better relievers that that season or postseason. Like it's it's Garrett Cole and and his demeanor, who he is in that moment. Like it was prime um so i understand why he was mad and all that the question a lot of astros fans asked is had garrett cole gone in and had the astros won would that have changed him staying in houston i personally think he would have left anyways but I yeah think- he would really get the money you only get one chance to make 300 billion dollars and you're not nothing no sentimental reason is going to change that I think the biggest thing for Astros fans, I mean, yes, the whole not using Garrett Cole, but uh, the fact that it was uh, Zach Grinke, how good he was pitching. And uh, it just a lot of people thought that they should have, he, he should have left him in for a little bit longer because he was throwing really good and maybe get another inning out of him instead of bringing out who they did. And then at the, I guess uh, Will Harris, we know what happened there. And then Berto Osuna came in and then Joe Smith. So, uh, but I just wish they had a little bit more faith in Zach Greinke, who they went out to uh, to basically fit in this role. And uh, it set up perfectly. But I guess we can always look back and say, what if what if the Yankees did beat Dallas Keuchel in the 2015 wildcard game? What would have happened? <laughs> if the, yeah, if the Yankees beat Keuchel, I mean, there's no way. That Yankees team was awful. So, I mean, I don't even think Yankee fans expected to win that or win the next series. I, mean, I always laugh when Houston fans try to act like that's part of the rivalry. Like, we had Rob Snyder and Greg Bird and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, the last two, 17 and 19, for sure. 15 <laughs> holds no water. Uh, that was like nothing. I don't think a single Yankee fan expected to to if they beat won that wildcard game they were not winning a, a divisional series there's no way all right so uh where can they find your your podcast and what what else are you doing nowadays well, i'm guessing they don't want to listen to talking yanks if, you, if you're interested in, in baseball <laughs> and general stuff and and we're really i mean right now we're covering the whole dispute with trying to get baseball back we've had a ton of interviews uh interviews we had an umpire recently we've had a ton of players, um, you know, Walker Bueller was recently Sean Doolittle. Uh, I think we've had like 20 players on since quarantine started. So there, it's a lot. So if you want to listen to that, it's talking baseball, otherwise YouTube and all that. But um, yeah, I think the majority of Astros fans hate me still. So <laughs> if you want to, then I appreciate it. Well, here's the deal, John boy. I, you know, I do appreciate you joining us and um, you know, I, I did get a couple messages from friends and they're like, I can't believe you're talking to that guy and all this stuff. And I said, look, I was like, 
he's he's actually a really good guy. I was like, I was like, the dude loves baseball. And I said, you know, we're about baseball and it's all about getting different perspectives. And if you're not willing to, you know, someone said you're going into the enemy's camp and I'm like, dude, whatever this is, it's freaking sports. It's all good. But I think, I think what you do, I just recently watched some of your videos you've done with the, um, with the um, KBO and that stuff is actually tops. Yeah. That's top notch, hilarious stuff. So I love, I love watching that stuff. I'm actually subscribed to you on, on YouTube. And um, I do, I do keep up with your stuff. So I would say again, if you like baseball, go follow John Boy. You may not agree with him. He's got some hot takes, but you know what? You got to respect it because you're willing to hold your own on that. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you throw an opinion out there and then you retract it and apologize. It's like you just go with it and you don't you don't really do it with malice. And I think a lot of people think you have like like this malicious intent. And like you said, there's there's a lot of I think maybe misinterpretation. And there have been a lot of Astros fans as they're listening to this like probably cussing me like, Oh, listen, you sympathizing <laughs> with this guy, but you know, uh, I've, I've also, you know, tweeted out some stuff that I probably shouldn't have. And then I delete it and I say, Hey, my bad, I got that wrong. Um, and right. that kind of pisses people off as well. But yeah, I mean, Hey, if it wasn't you guys, you'd be just as interested as uh, everyone else is because it's a fen- phenomenal, crazy story. And, uh, and uh, it's not going away. I know that there's three documentaries in the works right now. I know there's two books being written. It's, it's just going to keep going and going. Have they reached for, out for you to be in it? The yeah, I get reached. Yeah, yeah. That's how I, that's how I know how much is okay. uh, in the pipeline from, from places because they all reach out, um, you know, uh, journalists reach out. So I've kind of been shared scoops and tips in here. And it's, uh, you know, it's not just me making it up and happy to share with you guys off air. If, if, if you would oblige to keep it off air, some of the stuff that I know if you're interested, but yeah, there's a, it's not going anywhere, which, you know, I know it sucks for you guys. And I always say the diehard Astros fan that got caught up in this and, and it sucks, man. I mean, from a roller coaster ride of being last place, to Hurricane Harvey and then Heroes and then Top of the World and then to have this happen. It's like you guys have been put through a ringer for the last five years for those diehard, diehard Astros fans. It's brutal. Yeah, it is. And, um, I mean, from my days of going to the Astrodome and watching Jose Cruz and the scoreboard lit up to this, it's, you know, and, and that's the thing, John Boy, that I tried to explain. Someone had me on their podcast and they wanted me to explain to them why it was, why it was so difficult or what was, what was the hardest part? And I said, you know, um, that 2017 year, because, you know, here in Houston, we don't, we don't feel like anybody owes us anything. Like we feel very blue collar that we, that we earn everything we get. And when Harvey hit, that was very personal to all of us because every one of us had someone or knew someone that was affected by that. I mean, it was just brutal, but the way our city came together and the Astros really being the thread, the thread that kind of like strung everything together and kept everything afloat and really gave us a sense of hope. And so that's why for us, it, it's still very personal for me. Um, I still accept it as a championship because that year meant so much to us. I know what, what my kids at school went through. I'm a teacher, things like that. So for us, it's more than just the game or how it happened or whatever, but it's, it, it's, it's just, it's what brought us together. And um, I think that gave us an even more undying devotion, maybe to a fault to the Houston Astros. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I get all that. And I mean, I I mean, up until up until you guys confirmed that they cheated in 2017 
and my Twitter mentions was just nonstop Astros hate. I like the Astros, man. I have nothing against you guys. It sucked we lost in 2017, but and then after 19, that sucks too. But I'd always tell people Verlander was my favorite pitcher to watch, and Altuve was my favorite player that wasn't the Yankees. Not probably the same anymore because Verlander's kind of, I think, is been a little bit hypocritical in a lot of things now since joining you guys um, with the domestic abuse uh, and then and then this. Um, but yeah, you know, you asked me a year ago at this point who my favorite non-Yankee was. It was Jose Altuve. You know, us short guys got to stay together. So <laughs> it, it, I had I no animosity, man. I didn't even consider it rivalry or, or anything. But now it's it's more just kind of. Is more, now it's more like you know just like screw screw those guys from uh, from uh, you know just being honest about a Yankee fan when you hear the stories and the 51 off speed pitches that got, didn't get swung at by Kershaw um, it's more like damn screw you <laughs> all right well uh, that was a great interview thanks for coming on you're welcome come on anytime hopefully we'll have a season to talk about next time and that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Astros podcast now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of. Locked on Astros. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.